0: Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. In this episode, Allison Grayless, the president of the Women in Manufacturing Association, talks about the founding of the association and the mission it's been on for over 10 years. That mission is to support, promote, and inspire women in their manufacturing careers, as well as the companies that employ them.
1: Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Joining us today is Allison Grayless, who is the President of Women in Manufacturing. Hello, Allison. Hi, good morning, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us. So I'd like to start off with just uh, some introductions. Tell us about yourself. What's your career been like? How did you get to the point of being the President of Women in Manufacturing?
0: Sure, so I have been working in the trade association space for now more than 20 years, and my background was not necessarily um, in trade association work or necessarily to um, work with manufacturing companies. So I think as you talk to many women in manufacturing, um, they did not know or, or envision that they'd be in the career that they are in today. So I likewise, um, at the time when I was getting my education, thought I would be an English pre-law, I was an English pre-law women's, women's studies major and thought I would go into something public sector um, and/or be an attorney, and found my way to trade association work after getting my master's in public administration and have loved it ever since. Um, my first entree into trade association work was with the Precision Metal Forming Association. Mm-hmm. Um, their name or acronym is PMA. And I started doing chapter work for them and having the opportunity to travel all around the country, meeting with local volunteers of their association, most of which were small to mid-sized privately held company leaders and owners um, and kind of really enjoyed working uh, with both them to kind of mobilize and to work around certain issues, but as well to support their businesses being successful. And as I worked for their association, I had the opportunity to meet many women in metal forming. So women that were often second, third generation taking over family businesses and in talking with them, you know, they were looking for a community. They wanted to connect with other women like them who were taking over businesses, were leading companies and wanted to share information and best practices. So I had the opportunity to to start working with them and them putting together some meetings amongst women in metal forming. And um, we had the discussion about, gosh, we know there's probably resources out there or other women that would like to connect. So we started with a conference for just generally women in manufacturing uh, 10 and a half years ago, which then turned into a trade association based on interest. So we had women who came to our conference. They said, how do I join? And I quickly created a business model and kind of founded what is now the Women in Manufacturing Association. And we started welcoming members, um, which we started with individual members. And now we have four classes of membership. So it's been a journey over the last 10 and a half years, um, but an exciting one.
1: So let's talk about women in manufacturing and how. tell me about the trade association. What are some of your goals? How many members do you have?
0: Yeah, so our organization has, has grown year over year, which is exciting. And our trade association space, you know, we're very focused on our mission of supporting, promoting and inspiring women in manufacturing careers. And the companies that employ women in manufacturing so as we look at our organizational goals our key objectives are to help women um, retain their positions in manufacturing our goal as well is to help them advance in their company and in their career and to provide them the right resources to do so and then likewise with our corporate members which has been a growing class of membership for us you know to provide them the right resources to help attract and retain and advance their talent And a large area of interest for them is obviously around the area of recruitment. You know, there's more than 515,000 manufacturing jobs currently open. So working with those companies to help recruit female talent um, to their positions and and to help market these opportunities in manufacturing careers. Present day, our organization has grown to more than 6,700 individual members. And we now have members in 44 states and 11 countries.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing, and I, I know I'm a member of the Women in Manufacturing chapter here in Colorado, where I live. Does every state, ha- I guess, nearly nearly every state has a chapter?
0: That is our goal. Presently, we have 29 active chapters. We've launched five in the last year, and we have four more that are percolating and coming soon to launch. Um, all of our chapters are volunteer led, and some some states actually have multiple chapters. So we don't yet have a, a chapter in another state, but we hope to have some um, have that present someday.
1: I'm pretty impressed that you were growing chapters even during a pandemic. So that that's pretty, something to be pretty proud of. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's an, interestingly to just to side note that. So, you know, d- pandemic, we thought, would slow down activity for our chapters and us nationally. And. Um, That was not the case in a, in a great way. Um, We were able to be a key resource for companies and individuals during a time when they were isolated, not going to work, not able to go to live meetings. So in 2020, we produced more than 200 local chapter meetings, which is astounding. It's the largest volume of chapter programs we've ever produced. And nearly all of those 2020 programs, as you might guess, were virtual. So they were great opportunities for people. And what we saw, people from all over the country were able to hop into a Colorado chapter event or a Texas event, um, even if it wasn't in their footprint. So it allowed for a lot of, um, you know, outside of their own state networking and making lots of new connections, as well as, you know, the key goal was to, to provide support and connections for people.
1: That's amazing. That's really amazing. Do you think you're going to continue to offer those kinds of opportunities virtually as well as when we get to be back in person together?
0: Yeah, we've talked to our chapter leaders and they have intentions to continue with some type of hybrid model where Mm -hmm. even when it is safe for them to go back to in-person meetings, they are planning right now to do um, a mix. So they'll have some live meetings and then as well, they want to continue after now seeing the popularity and the response to the virtual meetings a mix of some virtual ones as well.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit. I mean, obviously, women in manufacturing, I, just by the name, you know that it is about supporting women in manufacturing, typically a male-dominated domi- industry. So with your 10 and a half year history, you are definitely ahead of the curve for, for many industries who are just now really starting to take a good look at DE&I efforts and how to make their workforce more diverse and not just make it more diverse, but make it more inclusive, make it more equitable. What have you learned in the last 10 and a half years?
0: So I think, you know, a main takeaway that I have seen in our journey over the last 10 and a half years is that things aren't going to happen overnight and as we work with companies in our industry we know it's a slow journey to to kind of change cultures to as well kind of change biases um, you know biases weren't ha- didn't happen for an individual overnight nor do we think that um, breaking those down aren't going to happen overnight so it's a journey and I think you know as we started the organization um, now a decade ago what we found is that it was really important to have allies to share information, to share resources. And much of that sentiment we share with our companies and our, our corporate members that we work with as well. So many of them are just getting started in this DEI journey. And so we try to share with them best practices. So we have a, a corporate member community that we do best practice sharing. We do white papers, um, blog posts, and then we do two p- meetings a year of that group. And there's been great value and benefit of companies learning from from each other. You know, why recreate the wheel? And if a company can benchmark with another company or share a template that's worked or been successful um, that's really important and that's how we learned as well when we first got started as an organization i had the benefit of already working with a trade association that was 70 years old so i was able to take some of their lessons learned and apply them to our structure as a trade association as we got started and likewise, there were so many like-minded organizations that we were able to ourselves benchmark against and kind of learn from them, organizations like Society of Manufacturing Engineers and Society of Women Engineers that were doing great things. And you know, we hope and have always aimed to complement our work um, to those other great organizations that are supporting women and others in industry. So I, I think um, patience has been really important over the last decade to, to know that we're making progress. Maybe it's not to the same pace or speed that we'd like but progress is being made and we've still got a long way to go. And we look forward to increasing those numbers. You know, women currently make up about 29% of the manufacturing workforce. Our goal is not only to get to equity or to have more women in manufacturing, um, but I think even more important to get more women in leadership positions, so that we can change cultures, so that we can support inclusion. Because as we know, inclusion is a choice. You know, diversity is about numbers; it's about having a certain percentage of people that that kind of match certain categories. Inclusion and equity are choices of companies, and so our goal is to work with them on having them really adopt and make those choices to support inclusive corporate environments, and as well um, equitable decisions as it relates to advancements and positions of leadership, and as well policies.
1: Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned there's over a, a half a million open manufacturing positions right now, and I'm sure a lot of organizations are concerned about trying to fill those roles. What what advice would you give to an organization who is that's not only struggling to fill these roles, but is also starting to look at diversity, equity, and inclusion as being paramount to their success in the future? Any practical advice you would give them starting out?
0: Yeah. So companies, that, that's one of the key reasons why companies often find women in manufacturing association is that they're looking for an ally as they look to recruit. So recruitment has been tough for manufacturers for years. It's even more so difficult in our present environment where we have a pandemic That has been very persistent and has really disallowed companies from doing in-person recruiting and as well, you know, going to campuses, maybe going places in person where they would normally have found candidates. So companies are really being creative and we're trying to help them be creative as they look at how to recruit a new generation and perhaps a new group of individuals to come to their facilities You know, as we look at marketing, that's a big piece of how people find opportunities and positions. So we've worked ourselves on marketing and trying to share what modern manufacturing positions look like, but as well, we've talked about with companies and talked um, in concert with companies about how do we share the stories of their outstanding, especially female talent and diverse talent that they have in current positions. because as we often say, you can't be what you can't see. So highlighting those people that have risen to success or that have had valuable opportunities at their companies to ideally inspire and um, encourage a new generation or a new individual to join their workforce. And um, we also have, have added new recruitment resources in the last year or two, um, knowing that companies are really struggling in that space. So we've always had a job board, Called WimWorks, which helps companies connect with talent. And as well, women find new opportunities or um, just opportunities that um, might be something different or that they might want to pursue. We likewise have just launched virtual career fairs. So we've done two so far. We plan to hold them quarterly. And they've been very popular for both the job seekers as well as the recruiters to find and specifically hone in on female talent that is looking for a manufacturing opportunity.
1: So for all those organizations out there that say we just can't find people to fill these roles and we don't we don't look diverse because we can't find diversity, not correct.
0: We're providing pathways for people to find some of those diverse candidates.
1: Great. Now, I know Women in Manufacturing recently created a DEI task force. Let's talk about that a little bit. What prompted you to start this task force? What are some of the strategic goals of the task force? How are things going?
0: Yeah, so we we as an organization, you know, obviously part of our mission and part of our, our reason for, for establishing ourselves was, was around the areas of diversity and equity and inclusion. So it only made sense to even further focus on that through our programming and events as well as our support services. So we created a diversity equity and inclusion task force last year in 2020. Um, It was actually um, spirited by leaders of both our association and our education foundation board. So we had a handful, I think it's eight total individual manufacturing leaders who were part of that task force and continue to be part of that task force to help us make sure that we are offering those right resources and the right support for companies and individuals as we really tackle tough topics. We know last summer and um, the, the events that have unfolded over the last year have been tough for our, our society. They've been tough for companies and individuals. And, and finally, we're having a lot of these courageous conversations that companies and individuals and workplaces weren't having. So the goal for the Diver- Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force is to help us blend and integrate programming resources, and as well, I think most importantly, a platform by which conversations can be had around really important topics. Um, So so one of the things that we're doing is a quarterly roundtable and panel. So bringing together industry leaders to share honest and frank feedback on insights of what their experience has been like in manufacturing lessons learned and as well just to open up dialogue from member to member to talk about how we support one another, how we learn from one another's experiences and how we impact in a positive way their manufacturing culture and environment. So our first one is actually gonna be held in July. And it's around the topic of influencing as a woman in manufacturing. So how can we give women the right tools to to be an influencer with their organization and also learn from other veterans in manufacturing as to how they've influenced in their own companies and in past employment
1: places? That sounds like a great topic. I know a lot of women, particularly in male-dominated fields, sometimes struggle with finding uh, the right way to influence and the way to influence without losing their true selves. That sounds like that's going to be a great opportunity for everyone. Let's talk about the demographics of women in manufacturing in general, not not the organization. So obviously you said about 29% of roles in manufacturing are filled by women. If you break that down further, can you give me an idea of what those demographics look like?
0: So, you know, we ourselves on our membership satisfaction surveys and or applications, we don't presently collect people's, um, you know, demographical information. But I will say, Mm -hmm. if you look at the Department of Labor and Bureau statistics that most recently in 2020 were released, you know, they show a breakdown of percentages of people of color, um, people of ethnicity manufacturing positions, which, as you might guess, for most of those categories are less than 10%. Um, What they don't give you is insights regarding what percentage of that 29 percent of women in manufacturing make up um, different areas of demographics. So we still try to collect that information. We don't have a great handle on the the breakdown of that 29 percent. We do know that 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 percentage has in a very minor way increased since we got started as an organization. Um, back ten years ago, women were about twenty-seven percent of the manufacturing workforce. We're, we're again modestly growing in our percentage, um, but we know the experiences for women in manufacturing greatly manufacturing greatly differ based on people's backgrounds. And you know, there's recent reports that have come out on women in the workplace. Um, we had McKinsey join us for a presentation back in December of 2020. We have a coalition for women in industry that we created back in 2018, which is a coalition of like-minded associations, and I think uh, IPX has actually been a participant, mm-hmm. where we talk about how do we have a collective greater impact? So we all care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We ha- we, co- we all care about and have prioritized advancing women in manufacturing. How do we do that together? So in our, our winter conference, we had McKinsey join us, and they talked specifically about the unique impact and challenges that Black women in manufacturing, for example, face. If you look at the percentage of women in leadership, Um, in manufacturing, the vast majority of them are white women. Um, Black women have a very difficult and unique experience in manufacturing. So in particular, one of the things that we're doing is trying to to have Black women and women of color participate on our panel discussions that we'll have each quarter, because I think their insights can be very helpful for future generations of women coming up um, to kind of combat and, and hopefully not experience those same things and difficulties that they had experienced.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that what the future might look like. So what do you see as the future of women in manufacturing for whether it's women of color or women in general? Where do you see the where do you see the industry, I guess is the way to put it, of manufacturing being in the future for women?
0: Yeah, I think there's great opportunities for women in manufacturing. And I I, I say that in a very of optimistic way i think that technology and manufacturing 4.0 they present a whole bunch of new opportunities new roles that never would have existed in manufacturing i think it's an exciting time for a woman to consider uh you know moving into a manufacturing career and profession and i think what most excites me is i think now more than ever women have the opportunity to be better supported, both by perhaps an ERG or affinity group at their company. But likewise, they've now got our organization that, you know, we can provide year round support for these individuals. When I first started the organization at our inaugural conference, I heard from women saying, you know, in a very emotional way, I wish I wish you would have been here when I got started, or I wish I would have known your organization, you know, was getting started because I needed support. I felt alone. I was one of five women at a manufacturing facility and wasn't sure if other people were, were feeling the same way that I was or having the same challenges, you know, to advance or to get resources. So, I, you know, I am excited because I think mo- now more than ever, if women pursue and, and opt into manufacturing position or career, which I hope they do, you know, I feel like we can be a great resource for them. And, and we see companies in a very genuine and authentic way um, committing themselves to to supporting diverse candidates. And, And again, that important piece of
1: inclusion at their companies. Now, looking even further into the future, how are you reaching out to girls in K through 12 to let them know what opportunities there are out there? I can tell you when I was K through 12, I can't remember a single time of anybody talking to girls in particular about manufacturing as a career opportunity and I grew up in an area that was very heavily dominated by manufacturing. How are you reaching out to young girls now. You know,
0: so we know that the, the next generation of talent, many of them still are unfamiliar with manufacturing careers. So our goal has really been to focus on marketing, manufacturing careers and opportunities. We've done that through our Hear Her Story series, which we launched in 2012. And we've now, we've now showcased more than 75 individuals and their stories in that series. And we've been working with our chapters to try to get those stories shared. Um, we, we share them not only on social and through our blog, but to work with our chapters to, to be key allies as we reach out to educational institutions k-12 through 12 institutions um, to ideally get them to to find these stories to be inspired uh, we also work with great partners as it relates to education and and those lower school individuals that we know they that those it's critical for them to understand to get at least exposed to manufacturing at an early age so working with them again many, in many instances through our local chapters Um, to reach them on whether it be, you know, career awareness days, um, doing presentations in the classrooms, and again, trying to find partners that we can work with to have a bigger impact on reaching those individuals.
1: Fantastic. Sounds like you've got lots of big plans coming. That's wonderful. Well, Allison, thank you so much for sharing with us today. How can people get a hold of you or uh, get more information about women in manufacturing? So we can be
0: found online at womeninmanufacturing.org is our website. Lots of information there about our resources and benefits for both individuals and industry as well as companies. And then we did launch a, a new podcast. It went live in April. We're very excited. So that Hear Her Story series that I mentioned that highlights manufacturing women now it has a, a podcast. So we produce monthly. We've now collected four stories live and conversations about manufacturing careers and and the women that fulfill those positions. So that is called Hear Her Story and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Wonderful. Well, congratulations. And thank you again for joining us today. It was a pleasure talking to you. And again, this is the Envision Rise podcast. You can find more information about us at EnvisionRise.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people, subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.